And hi, folks! Welcome aboard Philip Ward Show Wednesday Night Edition 11:06 on the East Coast, 8:06 on the West Coast. And folks, I have been in a very jovial mood all day. The Washington Examiner writes the uh, Washington Examiner editorial board writing today a deserved. Democratic defeat and Republican victory. And they point out the two different strategies. Oh, and by the way, in case you haven't heard, Glenn Youngkin is now the governor-elect in Virginia. When we went off air last night, it's still that race wasn't yet to be called. Uh, neither was the New Jersey governor's race, which is now called. Get to that a little um later on. But as far as the race between Youngkin and McAuliffe goes, they point out that Youngkin's strategy that he had, you know, in terms of what he wanted to focus on was he called them kitchen table issues. So you talk about inflation and gas prices and education, things like that, that affect everyday Americans. That's what Glenn Youngkin honed in on. That is why he is now, oh, and by the way, oh, and before I forget, I wanted to get to this because this is Charles Blow is his name writing this op-ed for the New York Times. And and we have more to chronicle on this, but this just um, he just tweeted this out uh, about a half hour ago. My column, he writes in the New York Times, and some call it the New York Slimes, white racial anxiety strikes again. When talking about Glenn Youngkin's victory, and and folks, the mainstream media has been going crazy all day, and, and, and even last night when it comes to racism, that's the reason why Glenn Youngkin is now governor-elect, and it had nothing to do with his strategy. Oh, and, and, and I mean, they say this, right? They talk about racism. The lieutenant governor, the, the lieutenant governor-elect of Virginia now, the Commonwealth of Virginia, is a black immigrant. She is a Jamaican man, immigrant, and she is Jamaican. The Democratic Party crazy over her election. And by the way, the squad, you know, uh, Ayanna Presley and Rashida Tlaib and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Islam Omar, they're not congratulating her. I mean, I thought they care about minorities in this country. And when minorities do something great and they're successful, I thought they care about it. Oh, they just play partisan politics. That person has to be a Democrat to get any applaudits at all from them. But anyway, so Washington Examiner writes, McAuliffe's strategy, he made every effort to make the race about former President Donald Trump, but voters weren't buying it. Asking voters to confuse Youngkin with Trump was always a stretch and it didn't work they write maybe that maybe this victory for Yunkin and McAuliffe's strategy to and, and and there was a video released I think he he mentioned Donald Trump or um excuse me Joe Biden mentioned Donald Trump like 24 times or something like that Peter Ducey of Fox News oh the only person that's ever going to hold Biden accountable in his administration um asked him about it today you know do, do you think that was the right the right plan to keep naming donald trump terry mccallough over and over and over again donald trump donald trump does donald trump that repeatedly so maybe the national implication of the virginia governor's race if republicans can find political outsiders with the instincts to identify widely popular grassroots issues that the ideologically hidebound left ignores and the discipline as well. To stay on that message, Republicans can win elections even in states where they haven't won in over a decade. And, and for that, Democrats should get with it as well and think that maybe they should start caring about issues, not just making Donald Trump the boogeyman and and tie every single republican candidate to him so my message to republicans as we speak now don't get complacent that is the last thing that republicans need to do yes republicans had an amazing night last night we're going to go over the races in a second here but this is no time to stop 
No time to slow down now. We have to look for it. All eyes need to now be on 2022. Because at this time next year, folks, that it, those midterm elections, if we want to save our country, and by the way, when Republic, when the Democratic Party loses, that's this is the way I should phrase it. When the Democratic Party loses, this country wins. This Democratic Party, just don't take my word for it. Just look at everything that they've advocated for. Look at the policies that Joe Biden wants. Look at his 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 three point five, maybe even four trillion dollar build back better socialist spending spree agenda. Do we really want that to pass? And then, of course, the American taxpayer is going to have their taxes raised. You cannot pay for that in any other way that you try to toss it up. You know, the Democratic Party, Joe Unity Biden, keeps talking about how, well, it's already paid for. It's going to cost the American taxpayer zero. It's not true at all, folks. Every single person's taxes is going to be raised if that passes. So as far as Republicans go, don't slow down now. And I was just watching um, on Fox News, Winsome Sears, who's the lieutenant governor-elect of Virginia. And folks, she had such a great line. She says, quote, we find ways to divide ourselves. Well, that is what the Democratic Party praises on. They want people to look at people in terms of color. Well, I'm white, you're black, I must have this white privilege about me. Or or that and, and you'll see some of the quotes that they've given you know, Joy Reid, who who is the most racist woman on television. I mean, every single night she wants white people to hate themselves just because they're white. A few weeks ago, Condoleezza Rice was on the view and was saying that she didn't grow up oppressed. She's a black woman. You know, she said that there's going to be racism. You know, there's going to be prejudice out there, but that's not her problem. That's someone else's problem to worry about. The Democratic Party, and, and if they really truly cared about race, do you think that they would be all in on a candidate who has previously said, if you don't vote for me, if you even consider what the other guy is talking about well then you ain't black and 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 that's not the first time joe biden has a history of racist rhetoric we've gone through it before on this program quote madam speaker there are predators on our streets when talking about black men and, and black men and women i should add you know how about how about just looking at virginia governors glenn youngkin who's now governor elect why don't we look at the current governor, Ralph Northam, right, who was wearing blackface, but all Democrats get still get behind this guy. You know, it's just a tactic that they use. They don't really care about race and racism in this country, which I have said previously before. Does racism exist? Yes, it does. But it is not a problem in this country. This is, take a look. And our allies, right? We take a look at the United Kingdom. How about France? How about Canada? Okay. Have those nations ever elected a black leader? Has the UK ever elected a black prime minister? No. Has there ever been a prime a Canadian prime minister who was black? Nope. Has there ever been a French president who was black? No. But when it comes to the United States of America, this is a country that twice elected a black leader in terms of Barack Hussein. Now, in Virginia, how can people possibly be so racist and yet elect a black woman, the first ever black woman, to hold the office of Lieutenant Governor of Virginia? These people sound so stupid, and I'm not going to let them get away with it. We'll get um, into that as the program progresses. Now, by the numbers, Axios writing today, Virginia swings right. Virginia counties flipping from Biden to Yunkin and by a margin as well, by a huge one. 
Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin outperformed Donald Trump in every single Virginia county and won 12 counties that had voted for President Biden just a year ago. Remember, this is a state, Virginia, that was once red, then became purple, now is deep blue, now who knows, maybe could be flipping back to red again. But 12 counties that had voted for Joe Biden a year ago, Glenn Youngkin won those counties. The college town county of Rafford swung, get this, more than any other, moving from plus nine for Biden to plus nine Yunkin. Uh, Prince Edward County, Biden was plus six in last year's election. Yunkin, plus 10. Uh, Lynchburg, plus 11, which was plus three Biden. Same with Stafford, uh, North, uh, was plus 11 Yunkin in both. Uh, in Northampton, plus 11 for Biden, plus two Yunkin. And you can go so on and so forth all throughout. Um, obviously, Loudoun County and Fairfax, Arlington was always going to uh, go for Terry McAuliffe. But that is a huge margin that, that Glenn Yunkin was able to get over. Phenomenal effort from him and his campaign. And, and, and I haven't heard a whole lot of praise for Glenn Yunkin. I mean, people all throughout the mainstream media and the propagandists that inhabit it, all they're looking for is the reasons that Terry McAuliffe lost. They don't care about any reason at all that Glenn Youngkin won. And, and that wasn't the only one. You know, we know about the lieutenant governor, uh, the attorney general as well, a, a Cuban-American Republican, Miaris, he won as well. This just come, coming out today, justthenews.com reporting. Virginia. House of Delegates as well, flipping red, creating more, uh, excuse me, creating major legislative opportunity for the incoming Yunkin. Republicans have recaptured a majority in the Virginia House of Delegates and heading into yesterday's election, Republicans won all statewide races and Democrats held a majority though of 55 to 45. Republicans needed to flip six seats. Well, they managed to flip 13 seats held by Democrats. The new balance of power in the Virginia House will be 52-48. A Republican majority in the state House will be a critical asset for the incoming administration of Republican Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin, who alongside Lieutenant Governor-elect Winsome Sears, State Attorney General-elect Jason Miaris, won in a state that elected Biden again by a margin of 10 points. Uh, RNC chairwoman, Rhonda McDaniel, say, well, by the way, and, and, and there is not a whole lot of trust between myself and Rhonda McDaniel. No, no, no. That is Rhonda Romney McDaniel. May, don't forget that. But she says, on top of a clean sweep of the three statewide offices in Virginia, Republicans have taken the House of Delegates and another sound rejection of Biden and Democrats' failed agenda. She says the red wave is here. Things are only going to get worse for Joe Biden and the Democrats come November 2022. Now, that was Virginia wasn't the only state that had a governor's uh, race last night. Democrat Phil Murphy, who this is a state now in New Jersey that Joe Biden just one year ago won by 50. 15 points folks 15 points it was it nearly was 16 points well just today now when we went off air last night uh Citarelli, jack citarelli who's the republican uh candidate he was winning in that race now all of a sudden democrat phil uh, ap politics calling the race at uh 626 today democrat phil murphy wins re-election for governor in New Jersey, but folks, it wasn't by much at all. Some 20,000 votes that he won by. That is that is alarming. If you are the Democratic Party in a deep, deep blue state like New Jersey, and on top of that, uh, Stammy Williams uh, is her name. She's the uh, Jack Citarelli campaign uh, communications director. She says, quote, with the candidates separated by a fraction of a percentage out of 2.4 million ballots cast, it's irresponsible of the media to make this call when the New Jersey Secretary of State 
doesn't even know how many ballots are left to be counted. So, you know, we can still look. Um, there might be some more news to come um, on this race. Murphy's narrow win comes despite polls. Listen to these polls, by the way. The polls that were indicating that the incumbent, Murphy, was in for a com comfortable victory in the state. He won by over 14 points during his first run in 2017. Now, this wasn't the only thing that made news in New Jersey because Republicans scored a major win in New Jersey. Listen to this headline today in The Hill. New Jersey State Senate President trailing Republican truck driver who spent $153, no zeros behind that, not $153,000, not $1,500,000, uh, uh, no, 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 $153 on his entire campaign. Edward Durr is the guy's name. Republican candidate for president of the New Jersey Senate inching ahead of incumbent Stephen Sweeney as of this morning. This is according to NJ.com. Uh, in 2017, Sweeney managed to win re-election against a powerful Republican challenger, Fran Grenier. Uh, together, the two sides spent more than $24 million in the race, and the New Jersey Election Law Enforcement Commission reported that that election may have been the most expensive legislative race in U.S. history. Durr, in contrast, claims that he spent just $153 on his campaign. He's currently winning right now. Durr's campaign focused on, quote, limiting government, reducing taxes, and fixing the state's roads. Again, folks, you can you can argue that that's kitchen table issues that Yunkin talks about. I'm fixing the state roads? Yeah, I think so. Need infrastructure all throughout the country. Reducing taxes, limiting government? Oh, boy. Sounds very conservative if you ask me. Um, and his platform didn't receive much attention either. His website initially led to many error codes, and NJ.com reported. Um... Durr previously ran and lost a race for the state assembly in 2019. He has not once held elected office. He lived, he uh, has lived in New Jersey for his entire life and has worked as a truck driver for the past 25 years. Some might argue being a truck driver, yeah, there's a real job. Unlike these clown politicians who are all out there. And, and God bless them, by the way, I, during the pan slash pandemic the height of it right if truck drivers weren't around lord knows what this country what would have happened to this country uh nj.com reported that durr had compared his campaign challenge to sweeney to repairing <laughs> listen to this his rusty old beaten down 1964 mustang that sits in his front yard quote what it requires now is someone to show it a little tlc he says, he says, I joked with people and said, I'm going to shock the world. I'm going to beat this man. He says, I was saying it, but really kind of joking because what chance did a person like me really stand against this man? He's literally the second most powerful person in the state of New Jersey. Durr told NJ.com, I don't know if, if I truly am fearless or stupid. Because who in the right mind would take on a person with this kind of power and clout? He says, but his power, his clout, that did not scare me. Listen, to, listen I, this folks, this is a phenomenal story. Listen to how he describes himself. A simple man who rides a Harley, walks his dogs, and loves the Philadelphia Eagles. He wants to bring everyday people back to state politics amazing folks an amazing amazing story in new jersey and by the way who knows what's going to happen in the uh governor's race obviously the ap already declaring uh, murphy the winner but spare a thought for jack citarelli what a campaign he ran and, and not a lot of media attention uh involving his campaign at all but for now i mean to be leading to be that razor thin with uh, Democrat Phil Murphy, a phenomenal job done by that campaign. And again, that should be very worrying 
if you are a Democrat. ABC, New York, reporting this today. Republicans declare victory as apparent red wave sweeps Long Island. I, folks, these, these are places where, where Democrats are, are untouchable. A red, folks, a red wave came in and wiped them out, up and down the country last night. Republicans appeared today to be on their way to victories in all three major races on Long Island. In the race for Nassau County Executive, Republican candidate Bruce Blakeman declaring victory over Democratic incumbent Laura Curran. Uh, Blakeman saying, quote, we went against a very, very popular, well-funded incumbent. We're in a great position right now. He says, I haven't waited for anything either. I've been working since 7.30 this morning on the transition. In the race for Nassau County District Attorney, Republican Ann Donnelly defeating Democrat Todd Kaminsky. Uh, Donnelly saying, thank you for caring enough about Nassau County to want to keep it safe. Thanks for backing the candidate who backs the blue. And, and that was a theme as well. If you are a supporter of police, folks, you won last night. Uh, I got more pieces to come on that a little later on in the program. Actually, one that hits close to home here as well in Buffalo in the mayoral race where we had a literally an open socialist who got beat down politically, of course, last night um, here in the city of Buffalo. Like I said, we'll get to that a little later on. Uh, Donnelly saying, I'm excited to get to work and make a difference as I've tried to do for the last 32 years. Uh, if the Republican victories are confirmed, it will be the first time the party has controlled Nassau County's leadership across the board in nearly two decades. I mean, if you're the Democratic Party and, and more specifically, Joe Unity Biden, whew, talk about Barack Obama in the midterms, we took a shellacking. This is not good news for Biden and uh, his administration. Suffolk County, incumbent district attorney, Tim Sini, Sini, however you pronounce it, conceding the race to the Republican challenger, Ray Tierney, a former federal prosecutor, Sini, Sini, whatever his name is, doesn't matter, he lost, saying, quote, this is a red wave. Uh, Bruce Blakeman, I think, puts it perfectly, quote, this isn't the party of JFK anymore. It's the party of AOC and Bernie Sanders, and they are rejecting that when talking, of course, about the American people. Now, folks, on top of all of that, Joe Biden, by the way, rides in from Europe. Where was he? Rome. And, the, and by the way, I don't know. I can't confirm what happened in the Vatican. Uh yeah, I don't even want to get into it. Pretty disgusting if it's true. The report circulating about Joe's, quote, bathroom accident. I don't know if, if, if there's truth to that at all. Sounds pretty disgusting. Um, but he goes to Rome, uh, goes to the Vatican, meets with the Pope. Then he goes to the climate. <laughs> then he goes to the, right, this is perfect for Joe Biden. Then he goes to this climate summit that he calls the, the greatest, most dangerous threat to the whole entire world. And there he is caught sleeping. Sleepy Joe, sleeping again. He had to have an aide come over, bump him a little bit. Oh, Mr. President, you should probably wake up here. This is, this is the greatest danger to the entire world. You should probably wake up. What, 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 what? Joe. So he gets back. He's asked today about the Democrat losses in Virginia and says, quote, well, uh, the people are experiencing a whole, a whole lot of confusion. And, and, and says that his agenda, after all of this rejection last night, is overwhelmingly popular. I, I would love to know whose Joe's handlers are that, you know, on top of, of, of feeding him information, also telling him that his agenda is overwhelmingly popular. I mean, imagine, imagine working for Joe Biden. He's got to have someone wake him up, probably has to have someone tuck him in. Probably has to have someone deal with his bathroom accidents. How disgusting that is. Joe Biden's a mess. We know that, folks. And the, the American people know it as well. Obviously, evidence yesterday. Uh, so he was asked today, though, as leader of the Democratic Party, how much responsibility do you take for the dismal results in Virginia and beyond 
last night. Well, Joe says this. Uh, well, uh, look, yesterday reminded me of uh, of that the, that one that one right uh, scared rights we have is to be able to go out and cast our votes. Sacred rights. And, and by the way, this is from the White House itself. It's not, like, it's not like I'm reading it wrong or anything. Literally says, you can go there, whitehouse.gov, that one of the scared rights, <laughs> just typical of this administration, one of those rights we have is to be able to go out and cast our votes, Joe says. And remember that all we, that all, we all have an obligation to accept the legitimacy of these elections. That's it. That's all he says. He's got nothing else. He, of course, politics 101. Joe isn't going to take blame for his losses last night. No, 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 no. It's the American people who are confused and and and, and our sacred rights, right? We we need that. We need to go out and cast our votes. Now, Yamichi Alessandor, big PBS News so-called reporter. Listen to this question, right? This is a woman that we are supposed to believe is a journalist, a big journalist on top of that, on top of that. She asks this, what should Democrats possibly do differently to avoid similar losses in November, especially as Republicans are now successfully running on culture war issues and false claims about critical race theory? Whoa, 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 Yamichi, false claims about critical race theory the American people don't want critical race theory in their schools. Parents, who Terry McAuliffe said they should have no say in anything when it comes to what teachers are, by the way, 90% Democrats are teachers, what teachers are teaching their students. Parents shouldn't have a say at all. How did that go for Terry McAuliffe? False claims, she says. Now, Joe responds to that. Well, and, and again, he's asked about critical race theory, and, and what Democrats should do. This is his answer. I, how he goes from that to Medicare is beyond me. He says, I think uh, uh, we should produce for the American people. Uh, one of the, the, the things is important if they, they, they got to pass my legislation. He says, we're going to be able to reduce the price. People are going to see a reduction in the price of drugs. They, uh, they, 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 they have to get because... Medicare will be able to negotiate and, and, and lower the price of drugs. Well, that, that has nothing to do with a strategy going forward for Democrats. It also has nothing to do with a strategy about critical race theory, which is widely unpopular. But the Democrats don't get that, folks. Of course they can't. And again, as Christopher uh, Rufo, who, who has been phenomenal, in exposing schools and what they're trying to teach kids, points out, it. just look at his tweet, the Virginia Department of Education recommends, quote, Critical Race Theory in Education, which um, is a book, by the way, Foundations of Critical Race Theory in Education. Uh, Edward Taylor, David Gilbert, all these people write it. Uh, and by the way, you know how, how teachers end up doing in their textbooks. And how, if you go to college, if you've ever been in college, You'll find out that teachers will give these textbooks that you need to read the required books to pass the class, which are like a hundred, two hundred. It could go as far as as high as three hundred dollars for a textbook, something that they've written by themselves and their peers as well. Yeah, I always say it, it just it, it, uh, to go to college here for a second here. Passion for something. If you want to learn something, folks, you can learn it on your own. Passion will always outweigh education all education is especially college is just people who have made up their minds who have opinions about topics that they teach they teach their opinion to you and they back up their opinion on a topic by textbooks and and maybe even sometimes legislation and articles that have written to support their opinion on that topic you want to learn formulate your own opinion you can do that folks just you can go on the internet yourself and basically get a college education. And online online classes, I that that's exactly what I think we, that that uh, is evident to the point I'm making. You can go online and, and even do classes there. 
You don't even need to listen to lectures from teachers, which again are 90% Democrat. Uh, also, they write critical race theory and education, again, in the Virginia Department of Education. That That is a best practice uh, and derives its definitions of racism, white supremacy, education equity explicitly from, oh, there it is. And it says right in the quote, drawing from critical race theory. So this whole notion that the Democrats and the mainstream media are trying to peddle that critical race theory isn't even a thing. Nicole Wallace, MSDNC, literally saying word for word, critical race theory, which isn't a thing. No, it actually is a thing that uh, uh, Professor Ibrahim Kendi or whatever his name is. I mean, my goodness gracious, this guy makes money, profits off of critical race theory and trying to tell the American people that they are racist every single day. Guess what? The American people are tired of hearing that they're racist. They're sick and tired of it. Uh, so as far as the media goes, New York Post reporting today, this quote, seven stages of grief. MSDNC, CNN hosts ripped for meltdown over Yunkin's victory. Commentators on MSDNC and Propaganda News CNN ripped on social media for having a meltdown after results showed Yunkin pulling off a stunning upset. Uh, Joy Reid, who was alongside Rachel Maddow, Joy Reid, again, who is the most racist, I don't even know if you want to call her an anchor, I'd say commentator at this point, one of the most racist on, on all of television. These Republicans are dangerous. That this isn't a party, that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy. At this point, they're dangerous. She says they're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. It leads to the January 6th stuff. Uh, and by the way, I got another quote coming from Joy Reid in a second here. Propaganda News CNN. Van Jones. Van Jones, by the way, I have to give him some credit. He actually correctly called liberals and Democrats exactly what they are. Annoying. But he says Yunkin's victory, he calls Glenn Yunkin the Delta variant of Trumpism. Buck Sexton is a conservative radio host saying, quote, MSDNC is currently going through the seven stages of grief on an endless loop in real time. It is great. It is highly recommended. Um, now, on top of that, how about Howard Dean, right? Former governor of Vermont, Howard Dean and, and, and the Deaniacs. When uh, I think it was 2004 when he ran for president and Howard Dean's career was done when he let out this screen where he goes, we're going to go to Delaware, just naming state after state. We're going to go to Delaware, Virginia. And then Washington just goes, ha, and I can't even do it justice. This screen that I tell you what, if you get a chance, look up Howard Dean, yell, you'll be like, oh my God. But anyway, so he writes this, right? Because, oh. Glenn Youngkin's going to win in Virginia, so he has to write last night, racism still works in Virginia. I mean, what an idiot. While Virginians are electing the first ever black lieutenant governor, he says racism still works in Virginia. You got to be an idiot. That other guy, New York Times, uh, uh, Wajahat Ali, right? He, he's in the same exact boat. Uh, it's all about racism. That's that's all these liberal commentators have is racism. That's it. By the way, I look at look at where he is himself making tons of money. Last time I checked, he isn't white. How about Jamel Hill? She isn't white. She's a contributing writer for the Atlantic and and just a full blown idiot, might I add. She writes this, folks. This morning, I guess you would consider it this morning. It's not the messaging, folks. This country simply loves white supremacy. Look at where she is in life. A writer for The Atlantic. A, a well-known, I might add, political commentator who is black says this country loves white supremacy. Um, Sahil Kapoor, national political reporter at NBC News, writes this. Virginia in 2020, white women... 50% Biden, 49% Trump. 
Virginia 2021, 2021, yeah, white women, 57% Yunkin, 43% McAuliffe, a 15-point swing with, to the GOP. He writes, digging a little deeper, white women college graduates, 58% Biden, 41% Trump. This year, that was last year, 62% McAuliffe, 38% Yunkin. So white women college graduates actually went, it, it decreased when it came from voting for Trump to voting for Glenn Yunkin. White women with no college degree, 56% in 2020 voted for Trump, 44 for Biden. Listen to this, folks. In last night's election, 75% voted for Glenn Youngkin, only 25% for McCullough. Jamel Hill writes this, white women reporting for duty. I mean, <laughs> that is, call that what it is. That is racism. And notice there's racism. And it's always, always, always. That's why we call them the part, the, the, uh, party of, of slavery, of KKK, of the KKK, of racism, that, folks, is the Democratic Party. They're all about it. They love racism. Rihanna Keeler, uh, Propaganda News, CNN this morning. Well, dog whistle racism played a part in Youngkin's win. I, like, folks, these people are insane. How can the same people who vote for Glenn Youngkin vote for Winsome Sears possibly be racist? They can't. MSDNC, Joy Reid, the education issue is code for white parents who don't want race taught in schools. Listen, code. Education is code because white parents don't want their children to be taught about race. She says, uh, Nicole Wallace uh, who was there with uh, Joy Reid, literally says what critical race theory, which, which isn't real. Then she says this, he worked, talking about Glenn Youngkin, he worshipped at the altar of Donald Trump. He did not really put much distance between himself and Donald Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection. So I think that the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, no, it actually is real, and it's right there in the Virginia Department of Education. All you have to do is look it up. All she does is talking points. So, see, folks, this is my this is my issue, and I think the issue that a lot of Americans have too. There is no ethical journalism anymore. These people that you see on TV who are supposedly supposed to give you the news, they don't do it, folks. They're all propagandists, besides a few of them. I, last night's Fox News' coverage, Brett Bayer uh, is, is, I believe, the most phenomenal, most straight news, best reporter that we actually have, anchor in this country. Martha McCallum uh, on Fox News, phenomenal job as well, straight down the middle, straight news reporting. But on MSDNC, which again is just an extension of NBC News, there is no news anymore. There's none. All it is is liberal Democrat commentary and Democrat talking points. That's all. Saying critical race theory isn't real? You think she would say that if Terry McAuliffe won? You really think she would? Of course not. The Democrats would be on TV praising critical race theory. Uh, she says that turned suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection endorsed Republican. Now she's she's part of the problem that Van Jones on Propaganda News CNN is talking about in the Washington Examiner today. Tiana Lowe, right, great piece by the way, writes this: Van Jones is right. Democrats are quote annoying, and it's costing them elections. So Van Jones last night finally named the problem. Liberals aren't just incompetent at everything from evacuating Americans from Afghanistan to securing the southern border, but they're also annoying as hell. The exact quote from Van Jones last night, quote, Democrats are coming across as annoying and offensive and out of touch. And I think that I think there's a message here. Well, Lowe writes, she, she says, in her opinion, I disagree with Glenn Youngkin on gay marriage, but unlike Republicans of decades past, 
uh, he promised not to do anything to reduce marriage equality. I could grab a beer with him. She says, who the hell would want to share a beverage or of any kind with Randy Weingarten or Terry McAuliffe? She says, congressional Democrats and the activist class have responded to Joe Manchin's uh, Joe Manchin's position on Biden's agenda, not by rethinking their methods, but rather by continuing to call him a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, even harder. She says, let Virginia, and at that rate, New Jersey, be a lesson from Democrats around the rest of the country as to how well that works. But folks, you know as well as I do, Democrats aren't going to backpedal. Democrats aren't going to start caring about the American people. Of course they're not. They're just going to double down. They're just going to become even more annoying, as Van Jones puts it. Um, I, I also have another news piece here that I want to make sure I get to. Um, I get wrapped up in all this election stuff. Here's a headline today in the New York Post. ACLU suggests, remember uh, last week we reported on this story that came out in the Wall Street Journal that the Biden administration was going to pay $450,000 to illegal aliens uh, separated from their families uh, during the Trump administration. Well, Joe Unity was asked about that report today. Fox News correspondent, of course, Peter Ducey, asking Biden today about those payments and will those payments incentivize even more illegal immigration? Joe responded by saying this, if you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but but it's not true. So Ducey said, well, uh, is this a garbage report? He says, yeah, 450000 per person. Is that what you're saying? He said, that's not going to happen. Well, Joe is facing blowback from the ACLU on that statement. Uh, ACLU says, quote, President Biden may not have been fully briefed about the actions of his very own Justice Department. ACLU Executive Director Anthony Romero saying, we respectfully remind President Biden that he called these actions criminal in a debate with then-President Trump and campaigned on remedying and rectifying the lawlessness of the Trump administration. We call on Biden to right the wrongs of this national tragedy. Also said that Biden risked abandoning a core campaign promise to do justice for the thousands of separated families. So the ACLU is now angry with a Democrat. Uh, folks, you can't make this stuff up. Anyway, I will say, though, it is good to hear that Biden says that that's a garbage report. But I, can you really believe Joe Biden? Because I don't know if I do. Actually, yeah, I do. I won't lie to you. Of course. I don't believe Joe Biden. Lying has been a common theme of this entire administration. Um, now, as far as uh, more, I want to get into this as well, because Democrats last year campaigned on defunding the police. They still do. The radical socialist base of the Democratic Party still very much wants to defund the police. They'll tell it. Just ask them because they'll tell you defunding the police last night yeah didn't go well at all for democrats now in minneapolis there was a mayoral race remember jacob fry and he he wouldn't say defund the police and the activists that were out there in minneapolis last summer were chanting go home jacob lost control complete and utter control of his city well last night and and uh, let me give you some context here this is in the ap Minneapolis mayor faces voters with policing on their minds. Minneapolis mayor Jacob Fry was the face of the city through some of its darkest days, obviously the death of George Floyd last year and the rioting that marred the ensuing protests, including the burning of a police precinct. Remember, they were chanting every precinct, every town, burn it, precinct to uh, every city, excuse me, every town, burn the precinct to the uh, ground. Uh, again, do you think that's a winning message? It's disgusting. Uh, but, of course, these are from Black Lives Matter activists that, that chant, what do we want, death cops, or dead cops, you know? Um, so, anyway, so Fry, though, has position he positioned himself as a defender 
of keeping the police department. He says, quote, there's not a mayor in the country that is con uh, content with the pace of change and count me in on that vote because he, he was talking about supporting the police, not wanting to defund the police. Well, after saying that, here's the headline. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry reelected to second term. On top of his reelection, also Minneapolis, well, here's a headline, New York Post. Minneapolis voters saw life without police. They soundly rejected a defund ballot initiative. Remember last night, the Minneapolis residents were voting on should they completely abolish the police? Failed fell right on its face. Real this is Heather McDonald today in the New York Post. Reality has caught up with the defund the police movement. Minneapolis voters suffering through a bloody crime wave resoundingly rejected a ballot initiative last night that would have dismantled the city's police department and replaced it with social workers. The vote has significance for public safety nationwide. She writes, by the way, in Minneapolis, Officers are still routinely punched, kicked, and hit with projectiles, especially when trying to break up crowds that engulf downtown clubs on weekend nights. Traffic, pedestrian stops, dropped at least 75% following the George Floyd riots in response to the charge that police were racist for investigating suspicious activity in high crime neighborhoods. Well, she, she's on to something here when she says the vote has significance for public safety nationwide. Because right here in Buffalo, where I do the show from, where I live, folks, here in Buffalo, Byron Brown, who was now, Byron Brown had a huge gaffe, and by the way, is a Democrat. I'm no supporter of this guy, Byron Brown. But I do appreciate the fact that Byron Brown is a police guy. Never said defund one of the rare Democrats who didn't say defund the police, who was not about that at all. Now, his challenger, India Walton, and, and the mayoral race here in Buffalo was a little different because you had two Democrats, and by the way, the uh, here in Erie County in Buffalo, the Republican Party is a total and complete joke. It's completely run by Democrats. That's how bad it is here in Erie County. But Byron Brown didn't he wasn't the democrat nominee india walton is the challenger who's an open democrat socialist well she won the democratic nomination byron brown didn't even campaign he got way too arrogant now she got way too arrogant as well because there's video of her saying calling her mom 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 i'm gonna be the next mayor of buffalo yeah how'd that work out for you but she was a defund the police activist here this is right from her own website india walton India will bring accountability, transparency, and community-centered service to the Buffalo Police Department. She will prioritize addressing the root causes of crime, such as concentrated poverty, lack of living wage jobs, emphasizing harm reduction, and restorative justice programs rather than punitive measures. Listen to this, short-term policy goals. Remove police from responding to most mental health calls and work with county and Buffalo Police Department leaders to establish a new response to crisis mental health calls that uh, utilize mental health professionals. Then she goes on, new uh, near-term policy goals, six months to a year, work with the Buffalo Common Council to amend the city charter to establish an independent oversight body with investigatory and subpoena power. Listen to this too mandate unpaid leave for police officers being investigated of police brutality well folks that democratic socialist walton and now byron because he didn't get the democratic nomination had to run a write-in campaign there were signs all around buffalo write down byron brown and I, by the way i love byron brown who says who says byron vote for write down byron brown save our city well, Byron Brown's been the mayor of Buffalo for going on 208 years now. So I want to know exactly who are we going to save our city from, Byron. Um, but anyway, so he but he was a pro-police candidate. And Buffalo elected him yet again. Uh, same thing can be said. in Seattle. Remember Seattle? Throughout last year's summer, the CHAP 
CHOP, CHAZ, Autonomous Zone, whatever it is that they were calling it. Well, in Seattle, far left Seattle. By the way, all Seattle's full of is liberals in rain. That's about it. In Seattle, get this, Republican candidates for city attorney and pro-police candidate for mayor led, uh, excuse me, held large leads, a clear repudiation of their rivals' anti-policing policies. Ann Davison, who vowed more prosecutions for low-level crimes as city attorney, drew 58% against Nicole Thomas Kennedy, who called for abolishing the current criminal justice system. In the mayoral race, hire more cops moderate Bruce Harrell was at 65% versus police defender Lorena Gonzalez. In Pennsylvania, Westmoreland County, in the district attorney race, pro-police Nicole Ziccarelli is her name, beat Republican, or excuse me, Democrat John Peck to become the first Republican to hold the office in decades. By the way, this is this uh, the New York Post editorial board writes Americans want law and order and the ballot boxes prove it and I folks could not agree anymore this uh, you'd keep going I would I my argument to you know what I say to Republicans don't get complacent but to Democrats keep going keep pushing the same ideas that you have out of the midterms see what the American people do to you if this behavior keeps up in the next year's midterm elections, keep on open borders, and you want uh, to spend trillions of dollars, right, in a socialist spending spree. And on top of that, keep going with defund the police. See how well that works out for you in the midterms next year, because last night was a phenomenal night for Republicans, and it was an exact. It was a repudiation. It was to say to Joe Unity. And the Democrats up and down this country, it's not working. And this country is sick and tired of Democrat policies, agendas, ideas that are not working for the American people. And Republicans, you know, talk about the Glenn Youngkin, as he says, the, the kitchen table issues. I mean, that is the way to win in the midterms next year and going forward for Republicans. And I love that uh, Kamala Harris says, what happens in Virginia is going to be, that's what's going to happen in 2022 and 2024 and so on. Well, I'd never say this ever, but I really hope Kamala Harris is right. We have 1,173 days to go in this Biden administration. 